thank you all for the kickoff and hanging out with us for the kickoff of Sounds About White. <laughs> we went back and forth on, um, you know, what we were going to call this. And I think we landed on the white name. No one thought that was funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so what we're, we're going to do um, week after week is really start with something that's current and fresh. Um, I apologize. I said that I was going to use the sticker feature on uh, Instagram stories, but I did not do that. And that's my bad, my complete bad. So if you have questions, uh, as we go along, if you have burning questions now, please feel free to put those into the chat. Again, I'm going to be monitoring, monitoring that as we go along tonight. But so how we're going to kick off the show is by talking about uh, our friends, or maybe not our friends, our foe maybe, Terry <laughs> Crews and his, his tweet, um, and tweets in general, but his first one. Uh, so... Jess, do you mind if I put you on the spot to, to read that one and then we'll dive into it? Sure. Um, so Terry Crews decided to tweet out on um, July 4th, actually. Freedom. <laughs> A tweet that uh, said, are all white people bad? Let freedom ring. <laughs> <laughs> are all white people bad? No. Are all black people good? No. Knowing this reality, I stand on my decision to unite with good people, no matter the race, creed, or ideology. Given the number mm -hmm. of threats against this decision, I also decide to die on this hill. Ari, what's your take? Yeah, my eyes started twitching when she started reading it again. I just... <laughs> I mean, Yo. I feel like he's trying to... Um, take race out of the equation. It's it's mm. almost equivalent to someone saying, oh, I don't see color. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like, no, you need to understand that this is happening to this specific group of people for a reason. And you need to understand that you're a part of that group. So like, right. that's what's up that you have friends and allies in all these different places on all these different hills. But they need to be behind the fact that you look different or you have certain threats against you that maybe they don't. But I think with Terry, with Hollywood in general, I think that there's mm. a lot of privilege um, that he has that maybe perhaps um, um, allows him to disassociate with some mm. of the realities in our community. Um, right. You know, things don't hit you as hard when you're well off, when you're economically stable, whenever your family's mm -hmm. taken care of, whenever you have the means and resources and, and education and money, whatever, to, you sure. know, to move forward and, and to be successful in this type of system. So um, I think that part of it is that he's been, he's removed um, from reality to a certain extent, but as, wow. as, as a black man with a black family, part of your burden is making sure that you don't become removed so that you can take care of our family, your family, wow. you know, and, and your community. That's my take. I never thought of it. I never thought of it that way. I think maybe that's, you know, a good point in thinking maybe that's why some white folks don't see and, and they amplify when statements like that are made by folks in the, in the black community. Right. Right. Um, it's like, Oh, this is the point I agree with. It, up 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 it goes and it's like well no you're miss you're missing the point completely 
And if you're disassociating it, it then in lies the problem. Right. 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 And if Absolutely. you and if you've been, if you've never touched it, never had to deal with it, it's it's so much easier to be like, oh, that's not that's a false narrative. I mean, that's like I don't know if you guys remember Little Wayne saying um, he's never experienced any racism in his life. I was Ooh, like, I, I know he did not just. Out. I was like, I know wow. he did not just get up on this platform <laughs> and say that to all these people watching right now. Like, are you kidding wow. me? And it was just so irresponsible. Um, you know, and I get angry at, at those at them because I feel like if you are if you have that type of platform and have that type of power, you know, and you hold that type of space, you need to make the absolute most of it. So it yeah. like literally like kills me whenever I see them like just just allowing lies to continue and to be perpetuated. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's really disheartening, especially I mean with Terry, I really like him. I'm not saying that right? I don't now, but it just makes me feel like, yo, do you know what's feel going some type on? Of way. Yeah, like you're not, you're not as down. I don't, you're not, we don't have that common ground that I thought we once did, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Jess, I see you writing. What's your take? <laughs> you're like, I'm Drop not going to forget this thought. I Drop it. I, I like, um, so I think, I think the tweet was ignorant, right? Um, so I think about all the ways in which folks that associate at one intersection can then uh, eliminate the voices and the, the challenges of folks at other intersections, right? So if we think about the feminist movement and the way the white feminists trashed black feminists and, and people of color um, in that movement, right? So we prioritize our voices over i think that's exactly what terry's doing right so his right. his tweet is essentially an all lives matter tweet and he's he's missing the mark right so it's ignorant um but that comes from like we said a place of privilege which is why i wanted to talk about this tweet today since our first episode we really wanted to hone in on like what do we mean when we're saying privilege and i yeah. think this is the perfect way to talk about that because it just shows like white privilege is one of the privileges. It doesn't mean that you are a terrible person or that you can't be a genuine ally or a good person in different spaces or even a, a good person in regards to race relations at other times, right? We all make tone deaf comments, um, but it just shows us, right? How white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard and in Terry's case, you know, he has come out and been an outspoken ally about other things like the Me Too movement. Right. Um, but sometimes our other identities can transcend, right? So if we yeah. think about privilege in terms of socioeconomics or male or heterosexual or cisgender yep. or religious or able-bodied, right? So I think t this is a perfect piece for everybody to think about in terms of like what spaces am I silencing other people? Um, and in what ways am, am I missing the mark, right? Like whenever yeah. we talk in higher education, like you're writing a research article, you're doing a study, you got to think about your blind spots, right? And yep. we have to do that with everything. Which is hard. Yeah. Which is hard. Because a lot of times we don't know. Shut up, train. <laughs> a lot of times we don't know what our blind spots are. Precisely, which is so why how, conversations like this are important, right? Right, right, right. That's why you... And, and I guess you have to be open to that dialogue as well. If, 
yeah you have to be willing to acknowledge your blind spot we don't all you know I just started driving a car that tells me when I have something <laughs> in my blind spot you know what I'm saying and but but I sure don't get over into the next lane when I see it you know <laughs> so I think don't I think do that but but you have to have people beside you and with you that are going to call you out on that stuff um, again why these conversations are important uh, it's important to have people who have different perspectives with you to to call you out so you can recognize what the heck is going on <laughs> and why whatever you're doing and saying is bad. Um, do you think, I know nothing about Terry. I know that he replaced Nick Cannon um, <laughs> during American. America's he was time. once a white chick in, in one of my favorite movies. Um, and so... Do you think he's teachable, moldable? I always ask that question. I personally do. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that everybody, at, it's, at, if you find them on their level there, it's, it's teachable. You know, I like to think that. I hold on to that hope. Dear God, I hold on to that hope. Um, <laughs> me too, um, me so too. I like to think no so. No pun intended. Right, right. Me as well. Me as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, I like to hope so. Um, my concern though, is that, like I said, he's so far removed that he, because a lot of people like to write things off when they can't understand it. Right. That's why Ooh. we're always explaining or validating our experiences to white people who don't think that racism exists. Like, wow. You know, so like whenever you <laughs> don't have that kind of reference to go back to, I'm, it doesn't exist, you know, yeah. it doesn't exist. And that's why, you know, we keep saying these conversations are so important and they are, but it's, we can have as many conversations as we want. You, y'all need to listen, you know, okay. the listening there's a difference needs to happen. between listening and hearing. Right, right, right. And I think Terry Crews heard us, you know, mm. cause we were all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like black Twitter was like, what? <laughs> what are you? That's not what we approved. With the Gabrielle Union situation as well. Like, right, right. How you going to throw sis under the bus? You're supposed to be standing with us, bro. What right. happened? Right. And, and um, that goes, that's a different conversation, though. But yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And I want to <laughs> hear what you have to say. But for those, I just want to always be um, cognizant of for folks who might not know the situation. So um, at least I hope this this is me remembering it from a while ago. So correct me if I'm wrong, if either of you remember the story that, you know, Gabrielle Union joined um, AGT as well, but she left because of racial undertones and things, microaggressions that were happening in her experience. And Terry was basically like, yeah, I don't know what the heck she's talking about. She needs to get her life together. Like that's, that's not been my experience and completely muted her. Am I telling you that correctly? From what I understand, yeah. Yeah. And that was my first thing. Like, that's why this one is kind of like, I'm, I'm like, thanks, Terry, but I'm not because the first one kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. I always, I always say this, you know, black women, black trans women, especially are um, the most vulnerable people in our society. And, you know, our brothers. And when I say that, I don't mean people that think like us or maybe that, you know, have the same ideology as us. Like I'm talking about our brothers, blood brothers, like culture, black mm -hmm. men, mm -hmm. you know, um, do not 
seem to remember that we need the protection that we need because we are the most vulnerable. And it's very disappointing, especially when you have someone who has spoken up um, and, and even like you said, Jess, Dr. Jess, um, come out um, as, as, you know, someone that's experienced feeling, you know, out of control of their body. And, yeah. and um, so, you know, if you understand that and you can kind of understand or at least empathize with how women could feel, um, you know, just take that a step further because it's not the same to be a woman. It's not the same to be a white woman. It's, it's a different experience as a black woman. So when I see a vulnerable person like that getting dogged by a brother, you know, that's, that, that's, yeah. So this one for me was just kind of like, all right, we're, we're going to be done with Terry for a little, you know, yeah. a thousand miles was good and all. I like the little celebrity lip sync, but we're going to have to write this one off. Yes. <laughs> for, not, not off but like at least I'm not going to hold um, his words to the out. value, to the value that I once did. Yeah. 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 That's fair. No, that's fair. Jess, do you want to weigh in on anything else with that? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like if we're thinking about difficult conversations, um, there are like typical fallacies that people fall into when they're uncomfortable. Mm. Right. And so, um, well, okay, so there are people that have, when they don't know what's going on, there are typically two ways to swing. So the first is, I'm going to stay quiet because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, and that does nothing, right? That does absolutely nothing for the movement. It doesn't help you grow. Um, it helps nobody learn. But then the other thing then is people toss out fallacies. And so what he's doing is using anecdotal evidence, right? So with against Gabrielle Union, he's like, why I didn't experience that. So your, you know, your experience is not void. Um, right. And if we're thinking about um, this current tweet, it's like he has this like false dilemma approach, right? So that's just breaking a really complex issue down into two sides. So you're either like for police or against police. You're, yeah. you know, like you're with black people or you're not, right? And so it's like this complex muddied system. And he's like, just love all people. And it's not as simple, it's just not as simple as that, right? That's and why so, we're mad, Terry, because <laughs> we aren't being loved. <laughs> well, and sometimes not even problem. viewed as people, right? So it presumes, it presumes a base level that doesn't exist. And so I think that's why it's super frustrating. But in terms of, um, is he teachable? Is he fixable? I sort yeah, of yeah. align with Ari. I'm like, I couldn't do the job I do and the work I do if I didn't feel like people could grow and learn. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, it's important because if we're silent, nothing happens. So we've got to challenge this stuff, but I don't buy into um, cancel culture and it's like most aggressive form because I think it just turns into mob harassment um, a lot of the times, and then it takes away critical thinking skills, right? So we all know <laughs> conflict and fear and anger um, get us nowhere. And so whenever we're just like, cancel, 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 you don't get to have that conversation. Right. And I'm not right. saying I'm ever going to get a one-on-one -on -one with Terry, but yeah. if I have a friend that's retweeting Terry, like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, right. I can enter into the dialogue there. But if I'm just like, fuck you fuck your opinion you're right. trash <laughs> right <laughs> then, nothing goes anywhere now there right. is a line right so if someone indicates like terry in the past that 
they have the ability to empathize and the ability to understand um, other folks and other situations and can, can declare when things are problematic. I tend to think like, okay, you misstepped on this. <laughs> yeah. Where did we go wrong? And let's try to reroute. Um, but that being said, if there is someone that is just consciously bigoted, racist, mm -hmm, ignorant, mm -hmm. insert whatever here, then they're probably not worth anyone's energy, especially not a black person's energy. I might still try to fight a little longer, but I wouldn't expect you to, too. <laughs> right, right, right. And I Good think point. it's important to make those distinctions because I was just talking about this the other day, but because it can be very draining, right? Protect your energy above all. Like you have to protect, especially during these times and with these types of conversations. If you know someone's baiting you, if you know someone's just trying to get you to say something, you know what I mean? Or, or egg you on, like don't give them your energy because they're just trying to make you look just as foolish as they sound. Don't do it. <laughs> and I fall into it. It's hard. I'd be like, what do you mean? Don't defund the police. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> but but I we got to get into that to. one of these sessions too is talking about oh. you know language is so important yeah. in all of this right yeah yeah um, it really is and if people would just you know do a quick Google search um, things would be things would be different but we don't live in that um, world so here we are so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and break down um, privilege and and talk about, you know, how, first, I think it's important to define so we know where we're all coming from. And so, Jess, how do you define white privilege? Um, so, in my mind, it is that the color of your skin isn't making your life more difficult, right? So, just on a basic level. Um, and it exists, yeah, it exists as a direct result of historic racism, like enduring racism, um, biases, practices, um, policies, right, at an individual and an institutional level designed to specifically oppress Black people and people of color. Mm -hmm. I love it. Ari, what, what's your definition? Um, Dr. Jess's definition is, is a, you know, on the, hit the nail on the head. Um, for me, I guess I can say from my experience, it's a crazy, like at least seeing it, it's a crazy level of entitlement. Like <laughs> we have, we always joke that, I mean, if it weren't for white privilege, America wouldn't exist. Like white people, like, you know, they literally came here thinking they're better than the natives than anybody on this land that the gold that they're entitled to it you know and everybody else it just isn't as important you know and then build a country with that backing them up <laughs> you know what i'm saying um so that's that's i guess just my like um it's not you know it's my how i explain it how i how i perceive it um yeah. <clears throat> but my I, I feel like I can talk to my experiences in this, but I've never experienced it. Although I will say, I mean, and, and you know, as you were talking about earlier, Dr. Jess having, there's way more than just, um, you know, white privilege. I, I have light skin privilege, which is why I work where I work. I work in um, Westmoreland County. I work where I work mm -hmm. um, among the people I do. Um, and, and um, you know, I have certain 
freedoms that maybe um, a darker skinned person wouldn't have. Um, you know, I can easily straighten my hair. I can easily look, um, hate to use this term, but just because we're all familiar, like one of the good ones, you know, um, my, my family is lighter skinned um, and educated. So I speak the way that, you know, that people would not expect me to. Um, and, and I acknowledge all of those things, but sure. the reason, honestly, I've, I've worked to do these things is so that I can get my foot in the door to help other people get theirs in the door. Right. You know, so that's, and that's how I acknowledge it. That's, I, I try to be in spaces where there aren't black people so that I can make space for them. Yeah. You know? Um, Which is they, a, the burden to bear, right? I don't want to stop your train of thought, but that's a burden. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Okay. I don't want to say that because I think it'd be more of a burden to not have that privilege. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay, t tell me more. Um, I think it would be like, for me, I never had to worry about education, right? My parents, my mom is a counselor, so she already knew how to do the FAFSA stuff. I knew that the money was going to be there. I knew my dad works at the school that I went to, I, you know, it yeah. was just like a bunch and like those, all of those things give you a leg up, right? My mom yeah. having the experience, her experience gave me the privilege of not needing to have any. My dad mm -hmm. having the, the end, the, you know, the tuition waiver, all that. I didn't have to have the things that other people had to have to go to get the things that other people are dying to get to, right? So because I didn't have to do that extra work, I'm willing to put that work in with this part, you know, with I making love that. sure that, so that's, that's it. I wouldn't say that's a burden. That is my, duty. that is my duty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That's the least. I that's great. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, I guess, Jess, what's your, what's your take on that? I, one of the questions I wanted to ask, I don't know if it's a good follow-up to, to Ari's, but, um, you know, I didn't really get to explore white privilege until grad school. Yeah. Um, so, you know, then when I started reading the literature, then I'm like, oh, snap, I've been experienced, <laughs> like, I've been seeing this all my life. <laughs> no one done told me this is what it's called this, this is a term for this yeah yeah i think um <laughs> i had no idea <laughs> oh that's i thought that was just white people so <laughs> I, <was good>. <laughs> <laughs> I think um the reason why i got the reason why i'm really passionate about this work and i uprooted my entire career once i went to college was because um so i grew up poor pretty poor. And my family on my mom's side are Lebanese immigrants, like first gen, right? Um, and they grew up in a little tiny village in Ohio. And so they were dirty brown people over there. And then my grandma uprooted the family, moved to Pittsburgh and, you know, then my mom and then she had me and yada, yada. And we grew up very, very poor. And so when I first heard about, well, I also went to a rural school. I started in I started in a private school because they gave us assistance, um, and so I was like the poor Catholic kid, which is an odd place to be, right? Because mm -hmm. you're getting the mm -hmm. borrowed uniforms and and like I just you know you you feel lesser than. There were like 
parties I wasn't invited to, you know, just because mm. I was that kid, right? Um, and then I went to public high school where I think, honest to God, at that point in time, there were two black families and that was it. Um, but then I went to the University of Pittsburgh for undergrad. And so like my mind was blown, right? Um, and I've always been interested in history and culture. And for a while, I wanted to be a cultural anthropologist. And so I've just sort of made a, I've made a life out of learning about the way other people think and live. Um, mm. So it wasn't foreign to me then to, to join groups and conversations about this stuff. But I remember vividly the first conversation I had about white privilege and I was so upset because I thought it totally invalidated the struggles that I had faced as a poor white person, right? And I, mm -hmm. I had had felt uh, disadvantaged for a long portion of my life, right? Um, and I was an overweight, you know, young woman, you know, so like all of these things that I thought like, no, I've had it really hard. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, first hearing about this, I'm like, this totally negates you know, me personally, like you don't know me. Um, and so I got really offended, right? And it wasn't until I had a group of folks that, you know, I could actually have conversations with, get really upset and raw with, right? Um, but the statistics don't lie, right? So when we were picking apart racism and white privilege and thinking about the fact like, Okay, so the wealth gap socioeconomic might be one of my intersections, right? So I might not be able to claim that privilege. But it, let's look at the other areas, right? Healthcare. So black women are four times more likely to die during childbirth. Mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. peers in college, if they were black, they're two times more likely to be unemployed, right? Like mm. if we look at the mm. prison system, 40% of our prisons are black. Um, Read them stats. Read them stats. Yeah. <laughs> black right. Americans are 50% more likely to get pulled over. Even buying a home, black people, it just came out 18% less homes are shown to black families, right? So it was just these other things that add up. And if we mm -hmm. think about privilege, right? If as some, like legacy, right? Yeah. 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 So maybe my one little my socioeconomic brick isn't in that pile, but it doesn't mean that the other pieces aren't there. Um, but it wasn't until I thought about the fact that white privilege isn't like a one size fits all, right? It brings in all these intersections and different identities. And I can watch TV and read magazines and people look like me. Band-aids, right. makeup and everything are designed with my skin tone in, in mind first, right? All these tiny right. little things that build up. And so it wasn't really until you you start to think and assess and like step out of it personally um, and really start to think about systems, right? And I think yeah. that that was when my eyes were able to open. And so that's why I try to have the conversations that I do with folks about race because we're all racist, right? Like we're in a racist mm -hmm. system. Terry mm -hmm. Crews said something racist and he's a black man, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like mm -hmm. none of us none of us are free from this and so it's just a matter of you know how can we talk about it being in a racist system we can't help that but we can help whether or not we're addressing it acknowledging it and so yeah. i think privilege is the ability to tap in or out of having that conversation black people don't Ooh. get to tap out. we don't get to tap out and we're tired yeah we're tired and um you know it's it's a struggle, but 
you know, somehow we continue to uh, make it make it work. Oh my God, then I, as a 30 something white male at the height of white privilege, one of my main takeaways in delving into white privilege is that my white privilege is truly that I've never once had to consider or deal with my own privilege, right? right? Like even as, you know, I can tell a very similar story to, to Ari um, as, uh, you know, people, my mom was a, uh, we should probably have introduced ourselves, but I'm, just, <laughs> I'm assuming that most oh, yeah. most know us in the space. So, um, you know, we're already 40 minutes in, so we won't. We've we've shared quite a bit already, so we're all that friends fast. now. <laughs> we're all friends now. But um, my mom was. Um, she grew up in the town where we live, and. She was an English teacher for 16 years, became the, the junior high principal. So everywhere I went, I was Mrs. Michaud's daughter. And that was a privilege, right? Like, and a, a blessing and a curse, I'll say in this, in this <laughs> sense of like, there was no way I was getting in trouble or, or I wasn't doing anything to try and get in trouble because she would hear about it before I even got home or like five seconds after I did it. Um, and my dad was a uh, my dad was a coal miner, so you know we lived a very privileged life growing up, and so it's just we all have to acknowledge the privileges that we do have, and I think that we if you've been on this call, you can definitely understand uh, that piece of it. And so I think what's what's important in our last few minutes, and you can now um, ask some questions if you'd like to on this topic uh, as we you know, near our 15 minute mark of how do we move from, if we, if we, I think we can all acknowledge our privilege after having this discussion, how do we use it, move from it or not from it? That's, that's poor, um, poor terminology there, but how do we use it to amplify black voices? How about I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Ari. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, just to kind of keep it rolling and piggyback off of uh, what, what Jess was saying, you know, um, I think a lot of times it's hard for us to even acknowledge our privilege because there's this automatic association with guilt. There's this automatic association that like, well, like, like you said, Jess, you know, like, oh, now my experiences are invalidated or, oh, you mm -hmm. know, my parents worked their asses off for me to get here and that, you know, I, there were no privileges. And um, I think what you can understand, um, you know, truly how that works and understand that, okay, um, once you can move past the guilt, you know, and understand um, how the privilege plays into the system, it's it's quite easy to then see you can it's almost like a streamline you understand then how how we're upholding it you know mm, and i mm -hmm, think in mm -hmm. order to dismantle something you have to know how you put it together you know Ooh. so if you can see how it's put together then just stop doing you know <laughs> just stop doing the things <laughs> that keep it up you know what i'm saying um but no i think a lot of people um we spoke about this briefly before the call I think because there's this association with guilt, um, whenever we talk about privilege, um, and, and the guilt here is I'm not racist, right? I'm not racist, I'm not racist. And um, that may be the case. I don't know that we can say that about every, like, you know, like everybody's, you know, we're still in that system. Um, but I think it's, 
really important to understand that even if you as an individual are not practicing racism, mm -hmm. being the, that's where the anti-racist part comes. You, you have to um, understand that the system, that the structure was built, like I said, with the thought that white people are better. That's literally why America is, exists, you know? Right. That's, was it, was it King James or something? Who was it that, I don't know, sent the people, I think it was James, like, right? I don't know. <laughs> That's so terrible. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna try. The colonizing king, we'll call him that. There you um, go. That sent him over to, you know, I, I mean, but that was their, that was, that was his thought, that was his belief system. And so mm. when you understand that that's how this was built, that's what ingrained in the structure, you know, and the things that we do, even when we don't realize we're doing them, up, upholds that. And, um, you know, we King really George. need to see how, how it upholds it um, in order to stop doing those things, because it's in ways that, it, I mean, they didn't got creative. I think last time we spoke briefly on the preview about how the systems work together and they can kind of like tag, they, it's kind of like a yep, tag team, yep. but they still work individually. I mean, this shit is right. ingrained, you know? It really and, is. And so if you can understand that, that it's in the system, if that helps you with your cognitive disassociation from, you know, like an individual thing, then just go with that. Because at this point, I think I said this before too, we don't have time for you to feel guilty. We don't have time. People are dying. People are losing their lives. Families are being ripped apart. And it's happening almost, um, well, yeah, I think I can say on a weekly basis at this point, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I don't have time for your guilt. I don't have time for you to go back and, and I'm sorry. And that's fine. Just get behind it now, you know? Yeah. Stop, stop, know where your money is going. One of the biggest things for me is knowing where my money is going. I haven't eaten in Chick-fil-A and I don't know how long because they do not advocate for gay people or for the LGBTQ yeah. community. And I love their chicken sandwiches, but guess mm, what? Me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> but I guess can, what? I can use one right now. Girl, them extra pickles, but, <laughs> you know, I have friends and I have people that I care about and people that I don't know and that will never meet whose lives matter more than that chicken sandwich, you know? Come on. And, and, um, you know, same with Wendy's, um, and I don't know, there's a couple other, but off the top of my head, I know Wendy's um, CEO recently gave half a million dollars to Donald Trump's campaign. You know, I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not buying anything with you. I'm not spending my money there because all you're doing is giving money to someone who's going to keep me down, you know? You. Um, and I think so it's really important. That's why I think we also said intentions, right? It's really important to be intentional and to know where you're investing, where you're putting your money, how that's helping. And um, real quick, last thing, that's important to me is even when you understand the system, yeah, you might understand it and have a better idea of it, but you still have to know how to kind of um, funnel your voice down, you know, like, like lower your voice down. And like you said, amplify these voices. And I think the most important element of that is with money. I mean, money is what makes the world go round, at least right now. Um, and, and when we pour money into, even if you have like perfect example, I, I know someone with their own jewelry shop and had the best of intentions in making BLM, so it's white owned, white woman um, owns it and had the best intentions in making BLM jewelry. She's gonna donate the proceeds to, to Black Lives Matter. I'm like, okay, but let me ask you, where did you get these? Like, the thought is beautiful, that the, the earrings are beautiful. Where did you buy the pieces to make it? Who designed it? 
Mm. How are you giving credit to black people through this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the important part. It has to go deeper than just, I'm going to donate some money because that's easy on some real shit. That's easy. You know, mm -hmm. think more deeply into it. You know, if you need to go, um, if you, if you have a mural that needs to be painted for Black Lives Matter in the city of Pittsburgh and you need to elevate voices of color, maybe you should have people of color, artists of color, black artists paint those murals, you know? To hit on that real quick and then I want to toss it or I want you to finish your thought if you still have I'm, I'm one, good. But I'm good. But then toss it to Justin saying, if you don't, if you're on this call and didn't know, the folks who painted the original Black Lives Matter mural were <laughs> and I can do that because I'm a drummer white they were white got dressed in the middle of the night and did that and got and it was fine if someone who looked like me tried to do that in the middle of the night yeah it would have like been a a very so like it wouldn't have been the same story and we and then we had to bring awareness to it and then we had to have black artists go down and it ended up being a very beautiful thing but but they're privileged though like oh we're doing we're doing the right thing good intention poor execution <laughs> great point okay i'm off my soapbox passing it to you <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I would just echo what Ari said, like, guilt is totally unnecessary in this conversation. There's no shame in being wrong or have mm. existed in a system that has existed much, much longer than you. Um, and you can't do better till you know better, right? So yeah. the fact that you are participating in this conversation most likely means that you've started or have been examining yourself and our culture which is huge right and so it's it's okay to say oh man I've said stuff in the past or I hadn't thought about things from that perspective or I was wrong and now I've changed yep. my mind right these are all wonderful things that we should all get used to saying um <laughs> all none of us, we don't, yeah we don't know everything right and I I I like to leave um conversations like this with with action points it's just like the kind of person that i am right yes so, yes this is what um, we want see how we work so well together this is just this is beautiful I hope you all are enjoying this and we'll come back tell your friends that you, you hung out with us right. for an hour on a tuesday night and and remember that before she gets to those remember that um tomorrow we're gonna go live on instagram um, yes. So many of you joined us tonight. I, you know, I thought for fear, for fear of not having a crowd, we were going to have to stream this to, um, we were going to have to stream this to uh, Instagram. But thank you all so much for hanging out with us. I really appreciate, we, we really appreciate yeah. it. Um, and we hope you spread the word. And I hope that in moving forward, I have the correct Zoom link um, to <laughs> get in here earlier. Jess, hit us with those action plans. Yeah, so um, if we're thinking about, as Ari mentioned, anti-racism, right? So we're at the point in society where it's not enough to say, but I'm not racist. It's like, how are you anti-racist, right? So you don't have to be 
pretend to be free of racism or um, exonerated from your white privilege to be anti-racist. It's just a commitment to fight racism wherever you find it. If mm -hmm. that's in yourself, if that's where you're working, if that's at your school, you know, insert whatever um, situation here. But realistically, culture changes with our own personal actions, right? So it's okay if you're starting internally. You don't have to like go out there and be and a try to change the yeah. world, right? So if we think about like five easy steps, right? That's super digestible. So the first increase your contact with the relevant group that you're trying to familiarize yourself with. So not just one person, not just one person, right? not your black, don't just be following not me your African American friend. And I'm don't, a little don't, don't, yeah. don't just be following please. us. <laughs> please yeah, do not other people. find a new black friend to say yeah. you are my new black friend, right? Yeah, don't do that, that either. That'll get simple you as reading yeah. through black Twitter. Yes, reading black newspapers, amazing. right? So when yeah. I say increase your contact, I'm talking about all contact, right? So who are you listening to? Who are you, who are you reading? What are you watching, right? In addition to your regular conversations, are you frequenting black owned stores? Are you, you know, mm -hmm. increase your contact. The second, counter your stereotypes, right? So biases exist and I feel like we should dabble into that one day, but biases exist because of quick switch references in our brains, right? We mm -hmm. form, because we're humans, associations. So you can train yourself to make new associations. So mm -hmm. if you have a bias against, let's say, women in the workplace, start reading books, watching movies with some boss-ass women, right? So yeah, read, lean in. Places, lean right? In. And the same thing goes for black leaders. Black politicians, right? Read about yes. history. These black people have been in power and subversive <laughs> shocker, I know, right? Um, so read, familiarize yourself so that doesn't seem so foreign, you know, when we have a black president. <laughs> <laughs> There's Remember when we all thought racism was over because Barack knew, had the highest seat? Never not I know, once. I know. Never not once. <laughs> I never did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Another um, suggestion I have, especially for us in the um, in education in the professional right. workplace, is to blind yourself, right? So if I'm hiring someone mm. and I'm looking at resumes, scratch that demographic information. If you're looking to hire someone, if you're looking to bring on a student intern, if you're looking, you know, to to vet any sort of person, take it on merit, right? Find ways mm. to take that out of the queue and see how your perception changes then whenever you add that back in. Right? Hmm. So, so what you're saying is some diversity and might be faulty? Oh, I believe we need to talk about diversity and inclusion. Did y'all see that me. slide I posted on my story the other day? I read that, I was like, gasp. Right, right. <laughs> I right. <feel> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that might be, um, that might be next week bias. Yeah. Because I, my cousin, who I'm going to be chatting with on Saturday, Beth, um, she posted on her Facebook an article about exactly what you just mentioned, just called, and I'm going to screw up the term, is it discern, discretment, I don't know, whatever it was. It was kind of like, it makes me think of the voice when I was, it made me think of the voice when I was reading it, right? Like, and it, the, per, the example that stuck with me was, women weren't getting into the orchestra. Yes. 
So they and as soon as they made them blind, yep. guess who was in the orchestra? Yep, yep. We was in there tooting and hollering. Great. Well, and I think we can all, I think we can all, um, I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll be honest about folks coming out in the movement and I'll read a quote or whatever and I'll be like, okay, and I'll expect it to be someone young and here comes some old, you know, older white person and I'm we like, we okay, all right? All and so, it. yeah, we all have to check that, right? And so then that goes to the fourth one, be conscious, right? So actively think about what associations you're making as well as the possible effects of them, right? So, mm. you know, if you're going into a situation or you want to call somebody out on Twitter, or, you know, you pick up a book and you're like, I'm thinking this is automatically going to be X, Y, Z. If you pause right there and think about like, why am I thinking this? And why? how will that affect me reading this book, having this conversation, entering into this insert whatever here, right? We can start to like unpack for ourselves. And interrupt our own thoughts. Right. Yep. And, and determine the ways in which our lives have been changed by our own biases, mm -hmm. right? So how many mm -hmm. friends could you have had? How many excellent conversations could you have had? How many events could you have gone to, you know? Wow. Um, and thinking about the way your life could change. And then the last one's just do shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> Attend training, have conversations, right? They don't have to be formal, right? I feel like I've learned so much from sitting on benches with E than I have with, you know, formal trainings. And um, so it doesn't have to be a course. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be paid for, right? There are lots of ways to access um, development opportunities, so. I love it. I love it. I think it's important to, to recognize that is that we all have stuff that we have been trained to think and the media plays such um, a, I don't want to say crucial, but they play a role in it in a way that is toxic. I'll say that. And so you got to check what you're watching and what you're reading yep. um, because to, and make sure what you're reading is not biased. <laughs> Which is very hard to, I think, navigate as well. Um, you know, we've got about eight minutes left. What do you all read? I mean, I could I could go on for days about like where I choose to read my news. I really I don't have cable, so I it's easy for me. <laughs> I um I read a lot. So Ari, where do you read your news? Where do you keep up? Yes, NPR. Right, perfect. Yes. So I, I try to get, I try to take in a little bit of everything, everything mm -hmm. from black Twitter and world star to, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I listen, I listen to Rush Limbaugh. And the reason why is because I need to know what the fuck you are saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> when your dumbass followers come at me with this bullshit, I need to know how I'm going to, and I, one of the things, well, the thing for me that I, I um, took away from president. Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, so mm -hmm. this thing called, I don't know if I'm saying it right, some Greek term. I remember learning it in school, but it was like disilogy or something like that. It's when mm -hmm. you study your opponent's argument so that you're, he was the best debater known, you know what I mean? And, and so that's what I try to do. I watch Fox News. I listen to Sean Hannity sometimes. I listen wow. to MSNBC. I watch, I watch um, Rachel Maddow. How do you do I watch, it? Um, because I need to know, like I said, like 
the only way you can dismantle something is if you know how it's put together. The only way you can take it apart is if you know how it's put together. And um, I strongly believe that this is a game of chess, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of the longevity of it. I'm trying to understand the way that some people are thinking so that I can get and meet them, some of them at that level. I'll be honest wow. with you. I don't have those conversations with, with people so far off from what I believe anymore just because my mental health, you know? Um, yes. But um, I certainly like to at least try to conceptualize so that I can say, well, that's based on this statistic, which was proved to be untrue, you know? Mm. Or that, like somebody, perfect example, somebody tried to tell me um, they're making more strides for the LG for the trans. This is not my, this is what they were saying. For trans people and for, for LGBTQ people, um, before they're even considering black lives, I'm like, what are you, what's making you say that? They just approved that shit from the Supreme Court, blah, blah, blah. And as you know, we had this conversation before. I was like, right, but that wasn't for the LGBTQ community, okay? That wasn't in, in favor of them. That was right. because this was the criteria and this is how they judged it and we're still operating in oppression. They just happened to get away with this one. Like they just happened to sneak in the door on this one. Like, please don't, you know what I mean? And so I think it's really important to understand the arguments so that you can dismantle them. Like, yeah, um, so, yeah. so I get news from everywhere. I so whenever, <laughs> whenever people are talking about, I saw this and I saw that and I saw that, I can be like, okay, you saw all that on World Star, so you don't really know anything. Okay, so I don't need to have this conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe it's part of a filter too, so I can just, oh, okay. That's the exact quote that, you know, Sean Hannity said the other day. So yeah, I'm going to go wow. ahead and write this off and not worry about it. But I know that you don't know what you're talking about, you know, type of thing. I don't know. Case but I watch point. it all. I try to, I try all to right. keep up with all of it. All right. She's a better person than I am. Jess, how, how are you getting your news? Um. I've been, I've gone back to reading a lot of papers, New York Times, Washington Post. Um, I can't do, I can't do television news right now. It's driving me crazy. It's sensationalized. Um, I think a lot of it's just violent um, and problematic. So I do a lot of Twitter um, and I don't just like <laughs> read people's opinions of stories. Like, uh, sure, I'll read the comments, but then I'll go through and read the articles too. What a um, novel idea. <laughs> shocker. Wait, no? wait you guys read the articles? With, I do agree with <laughs> you. Don't read the titles. Like, I, I read a lot of counter arguments to how I think one to help me better prepare to have difficult conversations because mm. I need, right? So it's all about appeals. Like Ari said, it's yep, a yep. So how can I, if my goal is to educate someone um, or to help them see my side or um, to get them to change their behavior, right? I have to understand their frame of reference and what they're identifying as, as truth, right? So- yeah. I need to, I need to unfortunately go into that arena to see what's going on. Um, but that to me is exhausting. So I can't do that all the time, right? Yeah. And so I just tend to, um, you know, dip my toe and check things out. If it's like a, an issue, I'll look to see how other sources are reporting on it to sort of see sure. like, okay, so how is this being polarized? But um. Yeah, and as Morgan said, I too listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of podcasts, so. Some great ones. Um, I love the work that DeRay does. I know he's like 
almost like Terry Crews level, like Rinatu's short. I mean, he's not Sean Shaw King style, yeah. but like, which we also should talk about at some point too. Like, um, but Pod Save the People, I think, Pod is people, um, yeah. brilliant. I think I'm very biased in this. I think Jamel Hill is brilliant um, and interviews people who are current and who talk about these things. Um, no, nobody doesn't like Shunkin. Yes, she, Barbara has a strong hate for Shunkin, which I do. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just, um, I read, um, Washington Post. I, I just started getting their, their email, like their briefings in the morning yeah. and whatnot. So that's been a lovely thing. I've always read the skim because politics, I don't really like understand the jargon and they like break it down into, uh, normal people terminology are like oh I get it so then I can have those <laughs> conversations with people Kimberly yeah. Crenshaw has a podcast too what yeah intersectionality matters nice yeah and um you all should watch her TED talk did you see her yeah TED she's talk? phenomenal code switch she's dope. Was a good podcast um and Pod for the Cause was created by the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, which is pretty good too. Ooh, good question oh. from Bretter. So if Terry Crews began to implement solution-oriented ideas to bring healing, accountability, new knowledge, to bring freedom to the Black community, would you all support him? Choose the Black community. I'll let you two tackle that in our one minute left. I feel like... Um, and I know I'm saying this as a white woman, <laughs> but I think if if Terry worked with black women and other black men and LGBTQIA black folks to come up with these healing knowledge, accountability, yada yada, then yeah, sure, like let's hear it. But if it is just from Terry's perspective, as we've acknowledged, he has a limited purview of what it is to be a black man in America right now or mm. black person and so um i don't think we can yeah, i don't sure. think we can let any one person speak for how to heal anybody so if he if he's just doing it himself no <laughs> not about that life ari what yeah. say you? um very quickly you know my mom used to always tell me about grades you start off with an a and as you don't do all the work or you don't get all the points your grade starts to go down I feel like Terry Crews um, dug his own his own hole, so it's going to take a lot more work to get out of it now. You know, he lost a lot of points from his A. it tonight, man. So I think he's going to have to, you know, get the shovel, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and pull up them muscles, get the pecs going, and pull himself out. Um, but okay. if he's willing to do that, and if he's willing to, uh, like, you know, like Jess said, it's not going to be, you no. Know, oh, well, I thought about it with myself. Like, nah, bruh. <laughs> nah, bruh. <laughs> like, who did you talk to? Like, you need to talk to Killer Mike. You know what I'm saying? You need to talk to, like, Sean King. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you, need to, you need to get schooled real quick. And once you do that and acknowledge that you don't know everything or maybe that you had some blind sights and mm. that you're willing to learn and that you are, and you should prove that you are teachable, absolutely, absolutely, I'd support him. I would never leave a Black person down. I'm always rooting for Black people. Yeah, I'm rooting for everybody black. You see how I did that, E? You see how you see how you if you haven't seen E's quote on her IG, you can go on ahead over and like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm getting ready to post the video tonight too. Um nice. talking about how important it is to be strategic. So with that said, I think this was an 
awesome discussion. Uh, I appreciate both of you so much in your time and your wisdom um, and just so, so eloquently said. And so I, what I hope is that um, y'all come back, but you know, and you know, a lot of you know, well, maybe you don't know, I'm a preacher's kid. So I'm gonna tell you, invite somebody to church next week. Uh, <laughs> so we can continue to uh, help these people get to heaven. Oh, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So we can black heaven. <laughs> we going to black heaven, y'all. <laughs> if y'all want to, if y'all want, to, how about this? If y'all want invited to the cookout, y'all need to keep coming back and bring a That's friend. It. Ain't no COVID nineteen here. We all keeping our germs away. Your mouth can be as open as it needs to be. Absolutely. Um, for us to no droplets can can. I'm glad you all got something out of it. Um, this yes. is got, we're, we're working on the Instagram. We're got, probably going to have a little team meeting right after this to work on yes. other things um, to get those rolling out. So thank you all for the support. And we will see you tomorrow night at 8 on um, out my Instagram, which will then link to theirs. And then um, next at Tuesday eight, right? again. At eight. Yep. Everything's at eight. I'm trying to keep everything the same because, again, I've got, there's too much. There's too much. This was right. awesome, guys, ladies. Thank you Thank so you. much awesome. for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Everybody take care. Peace out. Bye.